Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. horse with a speed of light, a clot of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. his faithful Indian companion, Tato, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I'll Silver. John Bradford was a stubborn man. When he established a stage and freight line in Sunville, he had made money by leaps and bounds, a large amount of which he used to buy a large ranch, which spread for miles on the east side of town. Bradford had hired a good ranch foreman who ran the ranch successfully, but Bradford spent most of his time running his stage and freight line. One day, an agent for the railroad had come to Bradford's office, accompanied by a few of the influential townsmen. After hearing what the agent had to say, John Bradford spoke forcefully. Mister, you can bring everybody in Sunville here and argue all day, but it won't do you any good. I'm not selling the railroad or right away across my land into Sunville, and that's that. Now, Mr. Bradford, be reasonable. It'll mean a great deal to Sunville. 
And to these men here. To have the railroad come into Sunville. Sure, sure. I mean a great deal of the railroad, too. But it almost put me out of the stage and freight business. But, John, the railroad's already through to Stockton, just 20 miles east of here. Needing a right away across your land is what's keeping it from coming on to Sunville. Yes. The stage and freight run between here and Stockton, and it's the best-paying run of the lot. But you'll still have your line south and north. That's right, John. And your ranch will gain by it, too. I said no, and I mean no. This business means more to me than the ranch or anything else. I'm not going to have it ruined by that ornery railroad. Your land runs for many miles north and south, Mr. Bradford. If we have to build the railroad one direction or the other... It wouldn't pay us to make the long swing necessary to reach Sunville. We'd hit for Davis on the south or Rock Hill on the north. Listen to reason, John. Sunville ought to have the railroad, not one of those other towns. It's a straight line from here to Stockton. Why, sure. John, you're just unreasonable. So I'm unreasonable, huh? Unreasonable because I protect my own interests and don't lose out to improve yours. Now, wait a minute. All right, get out, all of you. And don't come back here with any more arguments or railroad agents. I'm not selling a right-of-way across my land, and that's final. That afternoon, Tonto, Indian companion to the Lone Ranger, returned to their camp in the hills outside of Sunville after a trip to town. Oh, Scout, oh, fella. Oh, fella. Easy, Scout. Any news from town, Tonto? Ah. Me, him, him talking in store. Ranchers and others in town plenty angry. Angry? Why? Well, railroad want to build to Sunville from Stockton. I know. It'd be a good thing for the town. Well, man named John Bradford say him not sell land to railroad. Bradford's land is between here and Stockton, where the railroad now ends. They'd have to come across his property to get into Sunville. That right. I know John Bradford's reputation. If he's set against selling, nothing can change his mind. Not what men say in store today. Railroad agent come to town, talk to Bradford. Him tell agent not come back. I see. It's too bad Bradford's so stubborn. As a big rancher, he'd eventually profit by having the railroad come through here, just as the others would. Of course, at first he'd lose money on his freight line. That's right. Me hear men say that. Well, unless something out of the ordinary makes Bradford see things differently, I guess Sunville will lose out. Let's get supper, Tonto. I'm hungry. That night, John Bradford went to his ranch for supper, which he enjoyed with his wife, Amy, and his young son, Billy. After they'd finished eating, Amy Bradford, who had listened to John rave against the railroad, changed the subject abruptly. By the way, John, I want the stage to stop out at the ranch house entrance tomorrow afternoon to pick up Billy. Pick up Billy? Where's he going? Mom said I could go to Stockton to visit Aunt Emma for a few days, Dad. Yes, Emma's been asking for some time that we let Billy come over. But I'll have an important express shipment on that stage tomorrow, Amy. I don't want to delay him by having him stop here for Billy. Nonsense, John. The stage trail goes right by the entrance. I'll have Billy ready and waiting for the stage when it comes by. But consound it, Amy. We've sold out the coach. Won't be room for Billy. Oh, gee, Dad. I want to go. Mom said I could. Billy can ride up on the boot with old Ned and the guard. After all, Billy's your own boy, John, and it seems to me All that... right, all right. Golly, thanks, Dad. 
Have Billy out at the gate so the stage won't lose time. I'll tell Ned to pick him up when they come by. Now, son, you, you better run off to bed so you won't be all tuckered out for your trip. All right, dear. Good night. Good night, Mom. Good night, Billy. Good night, Billy. son. <laughs> oh, Billy's sure getting to be a husky youngster, Amy. Yeah. Hard to believe he's eight years old already. Uh, I hate to have him go away even only to Stockton. He won't stay more than a week, John. And it'll do the boy good. Yes, I know. But I've sort of got used to having him waiting here for me when I come home every evening. Well, I guess I'll go have a talk with the foreman, Amy. I won't be going long. The following morning, the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode leisurely along the trail that led in the direction of town. Why we go toward town, Kimasabi? We'll ride around the outskirts of town, Tonto. Go further eastward. I want to look over the land that the railroad wants as a right-of-way. It may be wanted by trail across Bradford spread. Yes, that would be logical. Stage trail cuts across in a fairly straight course. Well, maybe you think of something to make Bradford change mind, huh? No, I haven't. I want to look it over, that's all. Perhaps I'll think of a good argument in favor of the railroad before we get back. I, uh... Hate to see Sunville lose out just because of one man's stubbornness. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. Shortly after noontime, the stagecoach came to a stop at the entrance to the Bradford Ranch, where Billy waited with his mother. Oh, oh, there. Oh, 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 well, the kid's ready and waiting like the boss said he would be. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Billy. Hello. Dad said I could ride up there with you. That's right. Give me your hand and I'll help you climb up here on the boot. Billy, <laughs> you be careful. Ned, make him hold on tight. Don't you worry, ma'am. We'll watch out for him. Billy can sit between us up here. Here I come. <laughs> All right. There you are. Sit between us and hold on. Golly, this will be fun. Be a good boy, Billy. And mind Aunt Emma. I will, Mom. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ready to go, Billy? Gosh, yes. Adios, ma'am. Goodbye, ma'am. Goodbye. Goodbye. About three miles up the trail from the ranch house, two rough-looking men waited in a clump of trees for the stage to come along. They were still in their saddles, and handkerchiefs covered the lower part of their faces. That stage ought to be coming along any time now, Jake. Yeah, don't get impatient. It'll pay off when it does show up. It's carrying a shipment of money from the express office today. How are we going to work it? Oh, easy, Lou. We'll let it go by and go after it, throwing lead over the driver's head. If the guard starts shooting, we'll clip him with a bullet. What about coach passengers? Did you find that out? <laughs> ah, nothing to worry us there. Found out a couple of tenderfoot cattle buyers from St. Louis bought all the space so they could ride inside alone. <laughs> Afraid some tough hombre might get on. <laughs> Guess they'll just sit tight and say nothing then. Hey, listen. Think you hear the stage coming now? Ah, that's it, all right. Get your gun ready, Lou. This is gonna be it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Get at that. Golly, this sure is fun, Ned. Yep, yes, it is. Ain't every boy can get to ride on the boot of a stagecoach, Billy. Yeah, it's kind of rough riding, but you're safe enough to sit between Ned and me. Oh, I don't think it's rough at all. Not much, anyway. <laughs> well, that bump was enough to throw you if you weren't sitting tight. Plenty of rocks right along here. Get up there. Get on. Guess we're leaving our cloud of dust behind going so fast. Yep, we sure are, son. I... Holy mackerel, Ned. There's a couple of bombers that look like outlaws coming up behind us. It is outlaws. Get up there. Get up. Get hang, on. hang on, Billy. I'm going to turn around and give him some lead. Mr. Maybe this time. Oh! Ned! Ned! They shot the guard. He's falling back of the seat. Sit down, Billy. These bumps. Sit down, the boy. Ah! Billy, he fell off the stage. I gotta stop now. I gotta stop. Oh there. Oh. Meantime, the Lone Ranger and Tonto had ridden almost to Stockton. Then they had turned around and followed the trail back towards Sunville. They were approaching a bend in the trail when they heard shots up ahead. Tonto, those shots. Came from up around the bend. Isn't that right? Stage may be in trouble. Let's hurry. One, two, three. The monster's count. Racing along the trail, the Lone Ranger and Tonto rounded the bend in time to see the stage stopping, and two men with their faces partly covered alongside the stage with drawn guns. Outlaws, Tonto, two of them, holding up the stage. Draw your guns. Them chiefs, Kimasabi. Yes. Hold over, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. We came to help. Watch those two, Tonto. Huh? Me too. Forget the mask. Anyone hurt? <laughs> the guard got wounded. He's up there. The boy fell off the boot. I got to get him. Boy? Billy Bradford. He stood up and we hit a bump. He must be lying alongside a bush or boulder back a bit. I'll go find out. Come on, Silver. Now you go along there. There he is near that sagebrush. Oh, Silver. Oh, easy. Steady, big fella. Bad blow on the head. He's unconscious. Is he hurt bad, mister? I can't tell exactly, but frankly, I think he is. Oh, his dad will go out of his mind if anything happens to Billy. What are we going to do? It's about three miles to the Bradford Ranch from here, isn't it? That's right. His dad will be there having his lunch about now. Put him in the coach, then turn around and drive him home. Tonto can take those outlaws to jail. All right, mister. I'll go on ahead to Dr. Lewis's house on the edge of town. Have him go out to the ranch. Feel certain that Billy Bradford needs attention as soon as he can get it. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue our story. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had foiled a stage holdup and caught the outlaws. Billy, who had fallen from the moving stagecoach, was found lying alongside of the trail unconscious. Realizing that the boy was badly injured, the Lone Ranger told Ned the driver to take the boy in the stagecoach to his father's ranch three miles back. Then leaving Tonto to take the two outlaws to jail, the Lone Ranger set out on a shortcut to the doctor's house at the edge of town. It was a short time later when Mrs. Bradford called from the front window to her husband, who was preparing to leave for his office in town. John, something's happened. The stagecoach is back and it's coming right up to the ranch house. The stagecoach? It can't be. It must be some other... By thunder, it is. Ned's riding the boot alone. Oh, I forgot about Billy. John, do you think... Come on outside. Oh, John, I... I'm frightened. Wait till we find out what's going on. Oh, there. Oh, oh, there. Oh. Ned, Ned, what's happened? Come on, Amy. All right, John. Hold up. But they didn't get anything. Then why did you turn back? Where's the guard? He's inside, wounded, but not bad. Ned, where's Billy? Yes, Billy. Where is he? In the coach on the seat. He, he got excited when the guard got wounded and he stood up and fell off and <gasps> got hurt. Billy hurt? Oh, my boy. Quick, John, get him out. Here's your boy, boss. I held his head in my lap. I got wounded in the shoulder. But the Indian bandaged it before we left. We've had the fright of our lives, Mr. Bradford. A railroad coming to Sunville, this wouldn't have happened. Shut up, both of you. You can walk to Stockton for all I care. Is Billy hurt bad? Yeah, he's unconscious. Please, John, get him into the house. Let me lift him out. I got him. Come along inside, Ned. Yes, sir. Put him there on the couch. All right, you yeah, poor little fellow. Billy. How did this happen, man? Like I told you, a holdup. Then Billy fell off. And right after that, a masked man and an Indian come riding in fast, shooting. And they caught the two outlaws. A masked man? Yeah. Don't savvy it any more than you do. But he sure wasn't an outlaw. He went to get Doc Lewis. Said Billy looked like he was hurt bad. Oh, oh John. Now, take it easy, Amy. The Doc will come soon. It isn't far. Then we'll know what's what. But... But suppose that masked man doesn't go for Dr. Lewis. I got a feeling he will, ma'am. He was quite anxious about little Billy. And don't forget, he saved the money shipment we carry in. Say, that sounds like that masked hombre now. Well, I'll see. Ned told me about you, mister. Where's Doc Lewis? In Lancaster, 30 miles east of Stockton. And there's no other doctor available. Oh, John, what are we going to do now? The only thing to do is to get Dr. Lewis. What man alive? It's 20 miles to Stockton alone. That's 50 miles going one way. My boy may die before we could ever get the doctor here. I'll go for Dr. Lewis, Bradford. I'll make as fast time as possible. Look, I have a fast stallion, too. I'm going with you, mister. I'd go crazy waiting here. I'll do all I can for Billy while you're gone. All right, Bradford. Get your horse and let's get started. There's no time to lose. Bradford's horse was already saddled, and in a few minutes, the two men were riding at breakneck speed toward Stockton. Get up there! Get up, fella! The two men rode at a furious pace. Later that afternoon, as they approached the town of Stockton, the sky darkened, and a storm of great intensity broke upon them. Easy, Silver! Easy, Steady! We're getting into Stockton, but with this storm, we can't push on to Lancaster, mister. The Pecos River's between here and there. We'd never be able to afford it. We won't have to push on, Bradford. What do you mean? Telegraph has followed the railroad this far. Telegraph to Lancaster and Dr. Lewis can take the next train to Stockton. We'll wait for him to arrive here. You mean that could really be done? Yes, of course. Go right to the station and send a telegram. Entering Stockton now. 
Get up there. A short time later, the telegraph operator in the railroad station looked up as two men entered. He came to send a telegram right away. An outlaw. Put him up, mister. Both of you. Put down that gun, you fool. I'm John Bradford from Sunville. I'm not in the habit of going with outlaws. Oh, well, I didn't recognize you, Mr. Bradford. You say he's all right. I reckon he is. You can take my word for it. Now, get off one of them telegrams to Dr. Lewis in Lancaster. Tell him to take the next train from there to here, savvy? It's a matter of life or death. Sure, but the next train from Lancaster to Stockton don't come through till tomorrow noon. Well, that's bad. Well, what are we going to do now? There must be some way. I think that... Wait a minute. I noticed an engine on the siding outside. Seemed to have steam up. Yes, sir, that's the work engine. Crew's over getting something to eat. They'll head back to Lancaster after they pick up some empty flats, and then it comes back here loaded tomorrow. Bradford, that's the answer. I don't savvy. That engine. We can make the run inside of three hours over to Lancaster and back, bringing Dr. Lewis. You mean where to, where to go in that engine? Yes. Come on before the crew gets back there. Now, see here, you can't do that. We can and we will. A life is at stake. How about it, Bradford? Can you fire an engine? By thunder, if you can run it, I'll fire it. Let's go. Come on. No, wait. You can't do it, I tell you. Leaving their horses in the shelter of a nearby freight shed, the Lone Ranger and John Bradford boarded the work engine. And with a masked man at the controls, it started down the track. They're on some fuel, Bradford. So watch your balance. Trying to open the throttle wide. Better go, mister. The faster, the better. Mile after mile sped by as the engine raced down the track toward Lancaster. In spite of his worry over his boy, John Bradford marveled at the speed they were making and at the ease with which the masked man handled the great iron monster. We'll soon be there at this rate. Yes. When we get there, jump off and find Dr. Lewis. I'll stay with the engine in case they try to prevent us from returning with it. We'll be there in about ten minutes now. Meantime, the operator at Stockton had telegraphed Lancaster about the stolen work engine. And fortunately, he had mentioned that the two men who took it were seeking Dr. Lewis. A group of men gathered at the station, and Dr. Lewis was with them when the engine pulled in and stopped. That crowd looks rather mean, Bradford. I'll draw my gun just in case. Go find the doctor. Oh, look, there he is with the crowd. Hey, Dr. Lewis! Dr. Lewis! We'll keep him from taking the engine again! What if the throttle is masked? Why, John Bradford, what on earth is Get up that? into the engine, Doctor, and hurry! My boy, Billy, he's hurt bad. We come for you. Oh, wait, John! I'm ready. Hey, you can't take that engine again! Get down out of that engine or we'll shoot! The first one who tries to use his gun will be sorry. Ready, Doctor? Yes. Here we go. Backward this time. What it's all about. The sheriff's away, so they came to get the mask man. He's my friend, Doctor, and a darn good one. Open her up wide, mister. Give her all she'll take. That's what I'm doing right now. Hang on. The return trip to Stockton was made in record time. The Lone Ranger stopped the engine just outside of town. While the doctor went to get a horse at the livery stable, he and Bradford got Silver and the other stallion from the freight shed. Then, without resting, the three men set out for Bradford's ranch near Sunville. It was well past midnight when they arrived in front of the ranch house. Come on, Doc. Oh, John, you brought the doctor. But how did you get back so quickly? I'll tell you later. 
Who's that Indian bending over Billy? That's Toto, the friend I told you about. How is he, Toto? Well, him have fever. Him moan a little, open eyes once. Then him get unconscious again. Let me see him. Hmm. Doc, tell me. Will he... Will he get well? Please, doctor. You must save our boy. I'll do the best I can. I think I can pull him through. But if I had been a few hours later... Do all you can, doctor. If I can help, let me know. I think you will be able to help, mister. Seems to be a slight pressure on the brain. I'll have to operate to relieve it. My poor boy. Easy, Amy. Easy. I know Dr. Lewis will do his best for Billy. You'll need plenty of hot water. That'll give you something to do, Mrs. Bradford. Yes. Yes, I'll get it right away, Doctor. You'd better come to the kitchen with me, John. Yes, I I guess I'd better. Do you really think the boy has a chance, Doctor? Yes, he has a chance. The chances would have been better if I'd arrived sooner. Guess it's lucky you got me here when you did, though. Now, if you will, you can help me prepare the boy for the operation. Right. After preparations were made, the doctor, with the Lone Ranger's help, performed the operation to relieve the pressure on Billy's brain. The calm steadiness of the masked man won the admiration of the doctor and increased the respect that John Bradford already had for his newfound friend. All during the night, Dr. Lewis attended Billy as Bradford and his wife hovered in the background, hoping for the best. Dawn had broken when Billy finally opened his eyes and looked around him. Mom! Dad, Billy, Billy, my boy. I'm here, son. That, that masked man, is, is he one of the outlaws? No, son, he's not an outlaw. He helped save your life. Golly. He'll be all right now, John. Oh, thank heaven. John, while we were waiting, you told me about the engine and how you and the masked man got Dr. Lewis here so quickly. I was thinking... What were you thinking, Amy? If it hadn't been for that railroad... Yes, that's right. We couldn't have made it. I've been thinking, too. I'm going to send for that railroad agent and tell them I'll sell them the right of way they want. Oh, I'm so glad. That's a wise decision, Bradford. Well, Toto and I have done all we can. We'll drop by again to see Billy. Come along, Toto. Uh-huh. Oh, before you go, mister... Yes, if there's anything I can ever do for you, I want you Thanks. to know... Thanks. Uh, thanks, Bradford. Giving that land for the right-of-way is payment enough. Adios. Adios. Goodbye. There goes a very strange man. I've never met anyone quite like him before. Nope, I guess not. Because there aren't any others like him, Doc. I've seen him be tough. I've seen him be forceful. Then I've seen him be kind and gentle here with Billy during the night. And what's more, he's always doing and thinking for others. He wanted the people in town to have that railroad. He's wonderful, John. Wonderful. Dan, who who is that masked man? Do you know? Son, all I can tell you is that he's one of the finest hombres in the West. And he's called the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of The Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.